Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger. And today I have the special privilege of introducing the probably the most newly crowned IFBB pro, if I'm correct in saying that, um, Marissa. This is pretty fresh. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. I, yeah. So you just are like fresh off the stage um you won your pro card at the olympia amateur which is so exciting yeah which was like um what 10 days ago maybe maybe even less so yeah definitely fresh <laughs> yeah so um please share with our listeners your your full name um i know your instagram handle is marissa renee correct but yeah is that what you go by or what's your full name uh, so my full name is Marissa Renee Wilmot. The Renee part is my middle name. So Wilmot is my last. Okay. And so, um, <laughs> if you can share with our listeners, first of all, just, um, kind of like where you live and, um, what you do and how old you are, just some background information about like your education and career and all of that. Yeah. So, um, well, I live in a tiny little town called Climate Falls. It's out of Oregon. And I'm currently working as a caseworker for low-income um, families uh, to help them find house, like housing. Um, I'm 28 years old. Um, I'm a mom. And I've been competing for four years now. And I've done five shows and one pro-qualifying show. So like you said, um, freshly new. ISBB Pro and super fast ISBB Pro. Like I, I would like to know who the quickest train pro is because <laughs> I might be up there. <laughs> yeah, I think I've heard of one interview where. Um, well, actually, I've done an interview. I think this was the quickest one that I've heard of. Uh, Lacey Green. She did a regional competition in November. Um, won the overall in the open and the novice, and then went on to do nationals and won her pro card. So she literally did. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like six months, roughly. I don't know, like July. Day. Yeah. That's yeah. that's crazy fast. I would Two be shows, like, I'm total. nervous. Yeah, <laughs> I'm nervous just to step on the pro show, not even having you know only six shows under me. I couldn't imagine that. That's that's really awesome though. Yeah, she was just recently interviewed. So I I interviewed her a while back, but um, she was just recently interviewed on Confessions of a Bikini Pro podcast by Celeste Rains Turk, who we've also had on the show. And she was just uh -huh. kind of like saying, you know, ladies, enjoy your time as an amateur. She's like, I almost miss yes. it because once uh, you step yeah. to that pro level, things change so much. And so like really embrace the journey, enjoy like being an amateur competing at the MPC level and then, you know, like each phase is a level up. But, um, so let's start with, um, kind of your background on your regional show. So tell us about your journey through the MPC and how that started. Uh, uh, yeah. So my first show ever was actually an NGA show. Um, I hired one of my, my husband's best friends. He's an old bodybuilder and um, I kind of just asked him to help me prep for the show. It was like 20 weeks out. He eventually actually told me no, that he, I need to take a year out. And I said, no, absolutely not. I'm not doing this for a year. I 
this is the show I'm doing, whether I'm ready or not. Yeah. And 20 so weeks is like, actually pretty good. Most beginners are like, yeah. give me 12 weeks. That's, that's very yeah. mature on your part. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So I was like, no, that's okay. Yeah. No. So I was like, I'm not giving you a year. Like I can't prep for this long. This is, this is insane. But anyway, so we, so we ended up going to the show and I actually ended up winning that show. Wow. And yeah. And it was just like a rink of dink NBA. Like maybe there's like eight girls in my class. Like it wasn't anything. It was just kind of to get my feet wet to even see if this is something that I would even like. Um, and I remember sitting at all of Gardenerton and he's like, okay, you're done. Like, you're done in NGA. Like, you need to, you're, you're basically, you need to go into the NTC because one day you're going to be an ISBD pro. And I remember him saying that. And I was like, wow. wow. As soon as he said that, I was like, I was hooked, you know? And so um, I kind of waited. Let's see, that was in October, November. And then I went into... NTC and I competed at the Cascadian Classic in Bend in May and that's kind of one of our bigger regional shows here on the um, Pacific Northwest and so I I went there and I was like oh my gosh this is this is awesome like I love it it was ran good there's you know there's I think I had like 15 maybe 20 girls in my class so I was like heck yeah like I was excited wow um and I ended up placing second in my novice class and fourth and open um that's great and then I took some time off um and then came back again the previous year in May did the same show and I placed third I believe yeah third and then I went from May to August and did the Portland Classic and I got second and my feedback from the judges was my posing needed to be I needed work on my posing and I needed to build more muscle like proportionately. Um, But every time the judges were like, you just have so much potential, um, but you just need to gain some more muscle. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to take a complete year and just really, really focus on gaining some weight. Um, Because I think I stepped on stage at Portland last year at 115. So I was pretty small at 5'5". Okay. And so I gained, I want to say I gained like 25, almost 30 pounds. Like I, the heaviest I've ever been in my entire life, um, within six months period. And, and, um, and then I got with my coaches now and, um, told them I want to, I want to try Bend again or not Bend again, excuse me. I want to try Portland again, Portland classic, um, see how I do. And then maybe the following year I'll do. Um, a national and so we went to Portland and and the reason why I said next year as a for um, a national is because I didn't going into Portland I didn't know what I was going to look like like 30 pounds on my frame is really a lot and so I was like either I built a lot of muscle or I'm going to come back looking the same and I just gained a lot of fat (laughs) so um so if you don't mind me asking, when you leaned out, then after gaining that 30 pounds, what was your stage weight for that show? Yeah, so I stepped on stage for Portland at 126, 127. Okay. And then so I went to amateur. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I gained a lot. And then um, for amateur Olympia, I stepped on stage at 125. So I'm a big bikini girl now. <laughs> Bigger, <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, you're pretty shredded. <laughs> you're pretty lean. 
Um, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Ashley K is about your your height at five five on the Olympia stage she steps on like one twenty. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's pretty that's good. Um and so how did you do at that that Portland show? Yes. So it was a Portland classic and I ended up winning my class and winning the overall and back there. And then we went, me and my coach Brittany, we went and talked to Sandy Williamson, which was the head judge at the time, and another judge. And the last judge came up to me and was like, where have you been? Like, we've never seen you before. Like, you, are you going to North Americans, blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, I said, no, I'm, not, I'm planning on a national next year. And she's like, she basically was like, you need to be on a national stage, like, right this second. <laughs> like, you would have been that's a top awesome. top 10 pro tonight if you would have competed. And I was like, so that kind of blew me away. Like, my gosh, really? Like, I came from not, you know, not winning anything to now them saying this about me and Sandy basically she kind of said the same thing asked if I was going to North Americans and so after that me and my coaches got together and um decided to do amateur Olympia um and so really like I would have never stepped on the amateur Olympia stage this year if it wasn't for my coaches like really like I was like nope I'm not going I'm not mentally not I, not that I wasn't physically ready, but I was not mentally ready to step on a stage that big. Wow. But we, but we did it. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Sandy Williamson, the head women's chair of the IFBB and the MPC asks if you're heading to a national stage and is telling you you belong there. I mean, she's the one that typically hands out the pro cards. Um, at least she did at North Americans. Who is your head judge at the Olympia amateur? Um, oh, sorry, what was that? Who is your head judge at the Olympia Amateur? Oh, um, Amateur, it was, oh, I can't remember his name. It was a guy, though, Bill something. Uh, does that ring a bell? No. Um, Bill. Yeah, I can't remember his name. I just actually emailed him for feedback, so I should remember his name. I feel terrible, but yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't exactly remember his name. Okay. Well, when you're so your one of your coaches was there, correct? At the Olympia, Amateur? correct? Yep. Okay. Correct. And so was yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, was she able to kind of see how you were on stage and kind of at least give you a little bit of feedback as far as like how you did? Um. Um. As that. Uh, um. Um. Kind of. I mean, she did get to watch. She actually didn't get to watch me prejudging when they. They kind of ran us really um, different. Um, they pulled us out on stage, and then we walked back off stage and then did our routines and then walked back off stage and then back on stage as an entire group, and then they did first call. So she got to kind of see the first part of it, but she didn't actually get to see the last part of prejudging because when I, she was backstage canning. But um, so she didn't see that part, but she did see me win my pro card. Um, and honestly, we were just so excited, and she was crying, and I was kind of – I didn't cry. I was kind of, like, in a weird shock kind of feeling, like I didn't really know what happened. Yeah. Um, so she was she was kind of trying to hype me up, like, girl, you just won your pro card. Like, why aren't you freaking out? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were just – like, she was just so excited and, like, crying, and she was on the phone crying to Jose, our other – you know, her – our other coach and so she didn't we didn't really um talk about you know feedback yet and stuff like 
or anything like that. Um, and like I said, I'm still waiting for feedback from the head judge for Olympia. But if I could, if I could guess by looking at the other girls that won their pro cards as well, I think that my feedback is going to be I came in just a tad too late. Okay. Um, because because I was a little harder um, than the other two that won their pro cards. They were a little bit fuller, a little bit softer. Um, but that's and I had I had more I had a lot more muscle than them too as far as um, not my backside but more my front side my shoulders um, I have a little bit of a thicker stomach so I think just um, I think going to my pro show we might just try to come in a little bit softer and not so hard looking um, but like I said I'm gonna just wait for feedback and see what they say yeah it's funny because I actually I was watching the footage of your class um Paul Ravello was doing a recap of the Olympia amateur and one of his clients was in your your class and so I saw the prejudging how you know you got put in the middle and all of that um so I actually I got to see kind of like the the video footage I don't know if you've checked out that video on YouTube but I I have it but I'm going to yeah <laughs> yeah you'll have to check it out yeah that was kind oh, of like, that's awesome yeah I was watching it and I was like intrigued um that's kind of what prompted me to to reach out to you. So, um, I wanted, I know that our listeners, we've talked about all of the different national shows and, um, I think it's good for people to know about these shows. Um, so can you give our listeners a little bit of, and, and I know this is your only national show that you've done, so you don't have mm-hmm. anything to compare it to, but, um, can you kind of like tell us like how the days run? Like, um, is it like the Arnold where you do like prejudging? Is everything on the same day? Like, how does that all go? How does it How does it look? Yeah. So um, they ha- so on Wednesday they had all women competitors, so physique, figure, bikini. So we were all on Wednesday, and then the next day I believe was the men's, and then Friday was um, men's pro bodybuilding, and Saturday was the women. So mm-hmm. you know, four or five days long. Um, and then they, they just do pre-judging, and then you get an hour, just an hour break. Like, on regional shows, you get, like, six hours. It's, like, insane yeah. until night show. So that, I, I absolutely love that. Like, I loved how they ran through, like, pre-judging finals. Like, that was so nice because I was done by, like, 5, 6 o'clock. Oh, um, wow. And then some regional, yeah, some regional shows, you're, like, yeah, you're there till the midnight. venue at, like, yeah, <laughs> 10, 11 o'clock at night, and you're, like, trying to find food places yes. that are open. Bikini is always uh, last. So, <laughs> so when did and you? Bikini is always last. Yeah. When mm-hmm. did you go on for prejudging then with bikini? Um. So they actually. So funny. So this is the second time this has happened to me. But um, I started pumping up and like I ate like you know my Reese's pieces and um started pumping up for stage and then they're like okay we have to take a break it's union workers so they have to take a break at twelve. And so they're like, well, well, yeah, we'll see you guys. And I was just about to go on stage and they're like, we'll see you guys back in hours. I'm like calling my coaches like, oh my gosh, I already ate my food. And like, what do I do? But luckily, like, you know, he's like, oh, just calm down. Like, we'll be fine. Like, you know, um, so and it worked out. But so I would say we got on stage about one o'clock. Okay. Um, And then, and then I believe that they only pulled like for night show that I believe they only pulled top five. Okay. to come out um and so that went by like night show went by super fast like i said i think one to five 
maybe was, you know, we were done by five or six. Okay. And so if at five, five, are you in class E? What class are you in? Uh, so, so funny. I'm usually a class E, but for some reason they put me in class E for um, Olympia. And I've all, like all my regional shows I've been E, so I'm, I'm not sure. They said I was like five five and a, a hair over five five, so they just decided E class. E, you said, as in Edward E. Yeah, E. Okay. As in Edward. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's usually like around that that past five five. So yeah, if you just hit it by a, a smidge. Um, so yeah, and it was it was so funny. Oh, I was just gonna say it was so funny too because when I found out I was in E class, I was like oh, yeah, like, E-class, like, heck, yeah, like, because usually D-class is huge. Like, every D-class I've been in, you know, or all of them have been so big. And then when I lined up in E-class, I'm like, oh, these girls, these girls. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, how big is this class? And they're like, 35 girls. I was oh, like, oh, my gosh. My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and you <laughs> ended up first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it didn't matter how many people there were in that. Um so, okay, so just kind of like reeling back here a little bit so our listeners can understand that um, we've talked about the Arnold International, we've talked about North Americans being open to non-U.S. citizens. So both of those competitions and the Olympia Amateur in Las Vegas, which you won your pro card at, those are the only three competitions that are open to the world that are in the United States. So all other national competitions that are held in the United States are closed to U.S. citizens. So I know from my experience mm-hmm. at North Americans, there are people from all over the globe. And I also did the Arnold. Same story. How how many people do you think, like, was it, a, was it mostly U.S.? Or did you have, like, a really big mixture of international competitors in your class or in the show in general? Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, the few people I talked to, they, Canada, I know there's a lot of girls from Australia, there's some girls from China, um, yeah, there were, I honestly, like, when I found someone that could speak English, I was like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> like, we're sisters, um, cause, yeah, everyone I spoke to, they didn't speak English very well, so that was super weird that was really weird for me and almost like nerve wracking, you know, mm-hmm. um, competing with people that are not just from the United States, but all over the world. Um, yeah. Something yeah. I noticed. Um, so in that same YouTube video that I'm referencing the, the Paul Ravello one, um, it, there were, there was a lot of confusion because people didn't speak English. So when yeah. they were supposed to switch numbers, they yep. just didn't understand mm-hmm. and, I think they mentioned something about getting a translator for next year. Um, I know. Like, oh, when really? I was, yeah. <laughs> when I competed in Italy, it was the same story. Um, they were, you know, it's an NPC judging panel, so mm-hmm. they're speaking English. And some of those yeah. girls were just lost on stage. They didn't know what the judges Eight. were saying. And, um, yeah, it was a little yeah. bit of friction. Um, so very yeah, interesting. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah, I noticed that, too. I actually when they decided to take a break, they still had Bikini B on. And so I went out there and just kind of wanted to watch. And I noticed that too, they were calling out numbers and girls had no idea. And some of the coaches, um, 
their coaches were screaming at them to switch, like in you know, in whatever language, <laughs> language they were. <laughs> yeah. And that and the girls would look at them and be like, oh, okay, so they were actually looking looking at their coaches. Yeah. Um, to know kind of what was going on stage, and unfortunately, it just kind of like it just kind of messes them up. Them. And you know, I'm, I'm honestly shocked that girls that don't know how to speak English would try to compete in you know, over here when they don't know what's really being said on stage because you really do have to listen to the judges. Yeah, and I mean, there's now that they've opened it up with all these Olympia amateurs across the globe, I think they're kind of just running into that in general because um, the judges are English-speaking. So, yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, hopefully they don't, you know, they don't look at that and mark them down for something like that. Yeah. Hopefully it's judge cares. Absolutely. So, um, as far as your background before you were competing, um, I kind of want to talk about, um, you had mentioned briefly, like what you do for a living, but, um, I know as a mom, um, it can present different challenges. So, um, just kind of, can you talk about what sort of motivated you to, um, like look into the competition world and what motivated you um, for it to do your first show and kind of that side of your story? Yeah, of course. Um, so as we kind of talked earlier, I am, I was a super young mom. I got pregnant at 20 years old, had my daughter when I was 21. Um, and when I split up with her, I, me and her dad split up when she was only a few months old. Um, I just got into a really, really bad depression after that. And, you know, I got really bad anxiety. Um, so I was on a bunch of different medication for my depression and um, anxiety. And so I just kind of decided, you know, to go to the gym and see if that helped. Just not for the vanity, but for my sanity, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of found myself going to the gym like, twice a day, you know, and always thinking about it. And it really, really helped me. So after about a year of doing that, I finally was able to get off all my medication. Like I don't take depression medication anymore, any type of anxiety medication like that is, you know, that is my, my medication is going to the gym. Um, That's awesome. And so, yeah. And so then after doing that for a couple of years, you know, my, like I said, my husband now, he has a really good friend and he's next body, he was ex bodybuilder. You know, I reached out to him and then the rest was, the rest was basically history. But, um, yeah, so really I just fell in, fell into the gym just kind of by mistake. I mean, I've always been into, um, sports growing up. I actually used to race motocross, so I've always been super competitive, um, growing up. And so competing has just been kind of an outlet for me. Um, and it just, it just kind of fell into my lap, you know? Yeah. So tell us about, um, just kind of what, how do you, so your daughter is seven now, right? Or six and about to be seven. Is that where you? Yeah. Okay. So how do you manage, um, you know, your career and, um, being a mom and working in your training and all of that? How do you? How do you, I don't want to say the word balance because I hate to say that because it's never, nothing is ever balanced. <laughs> like if you're going for a pro card, it's, it's more about harmony. Yeah. 
So how do you how do you work those things into your schedule for those busy moms out there or even like when you were single, a single mom, like how did you how did you make that work? Yeah, so when I was a single mom actually, um, you know, she would she would go back and forth between me and her dad. So, you know, when he was with her, that's why I would be at the gym so much because I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't have my baby with me and like I don't want to be home without her, so I would go to the gym. You know, and so that I, not saying that it was easier for me to go then than it is now, um, but that's kind of how I that's kind of why I did it then too, and was there for so long and so many hours because I wanted you know I wanted to be with her and that just kind of helped keep my mind off of it. But as far as now, um, gosh, my husband like seriously like a, a lot of my success I have to give to him because if it wasn't for him, you know, picking up the kids you know from school or um, allowing me to be kind of absent um, at home during my preps. Like, there's no way I could do this. But, and then going, I, I work 410, so I'm at work Monday through Thursday for 10 hours. Um, so usually in my prep, I wake up at 430 in the morning, and I get my fasted cardio in, come home. I wake my daughter up, get her ready for school. Um, and then... Um, get her ready for school, drop her off at school and then go to work. And then he picks her up and then I go back to, and I go to the gym from about five thirty to seven, come home, cook dinner, get kids ready for bed and then start my day over, you know? So wow. really um, he helps a lot at home. You know, half the time I come home and the house is clean or oh. you know, laundry done. Like I, yeah, I really do have <laughs> like the biggest, he's yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes he, it's like, oh, I want you home and stuff. But usually, like, the last, like, six weeks of my prep, like, he, like, does not. Like, he just knows, you know. Like, he doesn't complain. Like, you know, and he, he I think he sees how much I love this and how much I enjoy it. Um, and I, I think he lives, lives through me with that. That's awesome. So what would you say was was the most difficult, or maybe it wasn't, maybe, I mean, from going from that overall win and then deciding with your coaches, hey, like, I'm not going to take a year and do a pro qualifier. I'm just going to jump right in um, in September. Um, was there anything that stood out to you that was, like, the most challenging part of this prep from going from a regional competitor to a national competitor? Was there anything that changed um, in your prepping? As as far as my prep, like, because I think it was, like, four weeks between the shows. Oh, it was just four um, weeks. Oh, okay, so... Coming yeah, so, I mean, really, <laughs> yeah, nothing, as far as my press, nothing really changed. Um, like, me mentally, though, like, I broke down a few times and cried to my husband. It was like, do you think I deserve to be, like, on this stage yet? And so I had a, I had a few moments of highs and lows through those four weeks of, okay, I got this. Like, you know, like, I'm just going to go and do my best. And then other days I was like, no, like, I'm... I'm not ready for this stage. Yet. I've only been, you know, I've only, I've only done four shows. Like I'm not ready for this show. <laughs> so it was almost like well, an imposter syndrome type of thing, kind of like <laughs> creeping up into your mentality. Um, yes. How'd you overcome that? Um, you know, I just support from him, um, support, support from my coaches telling me like, you totally got this. Um, and then just, 
I just would look at it and be like, okay, you know what? I'm just probably having an off day. Like I'm just having a bad day. And then the next day I'd be like, okay, I've got this, you know? Um, so just kind of talking to myself over it and, and really, um, basically talking to people about it. That really helped me too. Um, I know a lot of people bottle things up and they don't want people to know that they're scared of something. And I think me talking about my fears of going really helped me. And I, I know that you had, um, said that you had kind of like listened and watched videos. Um, can you tell us about that and how that helped with your mentality and getting through that process? Uh, watching videos. Yeah, you, had, you said you had mentioned something about um, like listening and watching a video, and Sandy was talking. Oh, yeah, about so, like Olympians um, yeah. and their mentality. Yeah, so like one of my things, like people ask me about prep and stuff, and um, what I think of it. And honestly, I think um, it's such a mental, a mental thing. Like, really, what's the hardest thing in prep is your mental state and you know the gym is easy the eating the food part you know it's all all mental and I remember watching or reading or something Sandy Williams was talking about the top Olympian pros that how they're mental mind masters and when she said that I was like I just like re- I was I like rewound it and listened to it again mental mind masters and I'm like she's 100% right this this competing and prepping for shows, it is all mental. It really is. 100%. You know, I mean, it's, it is it is physical. It really is physical, especially like when you're in the gym stuff. But when you're tired, you just tell yourself, okay, I, I just got to keep going. And then so instead of that, you know, that's physical, but then it turns into mental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, so mm-hmm. tell us about your training. Um, what were some things that um, – like some methods that you utilized within this last year that just really, I mean, and actually if you want to contribute to that, and I don't know if it's different, but you would, you would put on quite a bit of muscle mass. So tell us about that and that whole process and some things that really worked for you to be able to put on muscle mass like you did because it was like a good pounds, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, insane. Um, Honestly, it was just, I used to watch a ton of like YouTube workout videos and these girls are doing all these crazy workouts. And so I would go to the gym and that's how I was working out, like doing tons of supersets and like basically like sweating really bad when we're like not sweating, like almost doing cardio while I'm lifting my weights. And so um, I kind of went back to the basics and I just went in and lifted and would take my time. Um, I got really good on hip thrust. And I think that's what helped me improve my glutes is like hip thrusting, hip thrusting, and got really, really good at it. Um, I don't lift super heavy, crazy weights either. I really con- I concentrated on time under tension, muscle connection. And so when I go into the gym, I just, I just try to get, um, I just try to do my basics first. And then I'll do, throw in like, you know, curtsy lunges and like more accessories and stuff like that but and all in all I just think you know me building was just getting really good at the basics I really agree with you on that um my past too I was just like super set queen and like 
like you said, it was more of a cardio, but really if you want to build muscle tissue, like you have to get back to just like it's body building, like actually yeah. basic moves body where, building. yeah, yep. where you're taking rest, you're, you're really trying to use good form, good technique, and just like focusing on that mind muscle mm-hmm. connection. So yeah, I'm totally yeah, exactly. like, on we're board not, for that. Yep. Like, we're not flying yeah, through the like, gym, like not, trying to swing around weights and yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like we're not running for, we're not marathon runners, you know, we're bodybuilders. So that's a, that's a big thing. And I see a lot of girls in the gym that, that want to do that. And they're just, that's how they're working out, how I used to super setting everything. And, um, and honestly, to, to be honest, when I first started doing that, I hated it. Like, I felt like I wasn't getting a workout in. I was hardly sweating. Like, I, you know, my muscles would get, like, sore and stuff. But, like, waiting around for 30 seconds to do my next set, I was just like, I hated it. But it really did. It really improved my speed for sure. Well, that's that's interesting that you bring that up because I just recently had a conversation with a competitor that's in their improvement season. And they're like, I'm just not sweating. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. you really shouldn't be, like, sweating I mean you should just be trying to like really focus on building muscle right now we're not trying to lean out we're not trying to lose body fat we're trying to build muscle so yeah Yeah, you might not be like out of breath I mean you might if you're if you're like lifting super heavy weight but um but yeah it's not the same thing as like a lean out phase if you're if you're really doing the the proper form and really pushing it yeah Um, yeah and I I also think gaining all that weight too helped I hated it I, I was super super uncomfortable um none of my clothes fit um but I knew that I I, I knew that I needed it you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, so yeah it was like unpeeling a onion or something like all the layers coming off and then um you have this new package underneath kind of cool yeah exactly and that's kind of why I didn't plan to do a national this year because I was kind of going into Portland Classic like blind I had no idea what my body was going to look like mm-hmm. you know and then when I got up on stage I was like oh okay like dang like my glutes have never been 3d like this you know my shoulders my back like I did I came to stage completely different and that's why I laughed when the judge asked me you know where have you been and I said well I did this show last year <laughs> <laughs> you know like I definitely stepped on stage completely a completely different person so that, that was pretty awesome that is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so as far as your cardio regimen, you said that you do it fasted. What type of cardio mm-hmm. do you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, um, I do both. I do, I, in the mornings I do, you know, with cardio. Um, and then after my workouts, we've kept it 20 to 25 minutes of hit cardio five, five days a week. Um, and I, I think honestly, like I like this cause it's easier. It, it's easier to do. Um, but hit cardio, I noticed works better for my body. I noticed when I have like a really, really good hit cardio session that, um, my weight will go down, you know, the next morning. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I, I feel like too, the good thing about that is it really preserves that muscle tissue that you worked so hard to, to build. Um, yeah, so. exactly. And, and that's an, another different thing that we did this year. Like last year I did just cardio stair stepper for 60 minutes, um, you know, and then this year it, we were more focused on hit cardio, and I think that's what helped me to preserve my muscle mass more. Good, yeah. Um, can you tell us about whether or not you follow a meal plan or macros, and then 
kind of like pros and cons of what you like, what you dislike, all that stuff. Yeah, so this is actually my first my first show, my first two shows that I actually followed the meal plan. Like when I first got with my coaches and they sent me a meal plan, I'm like, what? What is this? Like I do macros. I do not do this meal plan thing. Like I like to have my freedom. Um, but to be honest, I'm like 100% about meal plans now. Like it takes the thinking out of it. I don't have to think about what food I need to make. I'm not scrounging through my house in the middle of the night going, oh my gosh, I have like 50 more carbs to eat, like what I'm, and I'm eating 20 rice cakes trying to, you know, or not 20, but like two <laughs> rice cakes to make up for the, you know, um, macros. It's just, there's a lot more thinking, I feel like, when you, when you, when you have the macros. Um, I do like to be on macros, I think, in my off season, just because it allows me a little bit more freedom. Mm-hmm. But as far as in prep, I'm, I'm 100% towards meal plans um that's that's what works for me now that I realize I mean some other person it might be the opposite but for me I like meal plans yeah yeah I know I think I think you hit it spot on because I'm the same way like you have so many things to worry about when you're prepping for a show it just like you said you kind of get on like autopilot and food is fuel Mm -hmm. at that point but then like when you're in the off season you really need to like have that mental break of just being able to like go out and like make things work in your macros and like fit certain things in. Um, do they, do they kind of like eliminate some inflammatory foods? Like when you're on a meal plan, especially when you're getting closer to Um, a show or no. Yeah. So they, um, yeah. Um, my meal plan was pretty clean from the beginning. Um, I towards, towards closer to Portland classic, I actually was having some issues with white rice. And so we took out white rice, um, and added potatoes. Um, the beginning of my prep, I had like almonds and strawberries and stuff like that. We kind of took that those out, um, you know, toward closer to my to my show. But really, we didn't change like a whole a whole lot of stuff. Like I I know my body pretty well. Like I can't have dairy now. I know I can't have rice for some weird reason. I've been eating rice for months, and all of a sudden, my stomach just decided that I wasn't going to like it anymore. Um, coffee seems to bother me so closer to, you know, my show about 48 hours out. We stopped, you know, drinking the coffee, the energy drinks, stuff like that. Um, but so as far as that goes, go, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask, if do you just kind of like pay attention to your biomarkers when you realize like are you like experiencing bloating or do you do any kind of food sensitivity testing when you get close uh yeah uh yeah actually um this year i i did a a test um to find out what foods i was alerted to and surprisingly there wasn't really anything on there that was on my meal plan it was one was uh one was coffee that was the big one um that was on the list and the other one was um just really random, random stuff. Good to know stuff, you know, but it's mm-hmm. random stuff like white rice and stuff like that wasn't on there. Like the stuff that normally bothers me, I, I am lactose intolerant um, and I kind of need that. So, um, but other, the other stuff just, it was super random stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, can you give us your, just like your favorite parts of competing? Like, what would you say, like, are your top five favorite things about competition prep? 
um, my top five. I don't know about top five, but we'll try. Uh, so. <laughs> or what's your favorite part about com- competing? Or, like when you're impressed. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my favorite part really is um, waking up and like seeing the changes. Like, oh, I, look, I didn't have this line yesterday or like I didn't have this vein. Like that's pretty cool. Like that gets me like, that gets me like hyped up. Like even in the gym, like when you see yourself getting lean, like it makes me like want to push harder. So that's like one of my favorite things. Um, and then as far as like on show day and stuff is just the whole process of show day. Like it feels like your wedding day almost, like you're getting your hair done, your makeup done. Like this whole day is about you and getting you ready for that stage. And that's just what I love. Like even though it's like that 15 seconds, it's like the whole prep is so worth it just for that. That's awesome. So do you would you say that during your peak week, do you guys change a lot um, or do you keep it pretty vanilla? Like what is your peak week? No, like? it's it's so even like we do not change we really don't change anything like we might take out like a white potato and change it for a sweet potato um we salt just a little bit more of my food and then kind of take the salt away um but but everything is so basic like my coach is like why would we why would we do anything crazy to your body you know seven days out from the show when your body's been been perfect for the last six months on you know um on this food so you know really we keep it the same um we don't we don't change a thing we might have we'll probably throw in you know a couple more rice cakes towards the end of the end of the day like um the night before the show and then rice cakes the morning of so other than that food stays the same cool I feel like if I feel like I feel like if a coach is changing your peak week crazy amount, um, either you need to run or you're not ready. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Like if it's not smooth sailing, and if you're trying to beat the buzzer there at the end, it's like yeah, that's yeah. You should. In my my opinion, I like to get the athletes ready like two weeks before. You know, so then it's just yeah. we're like cruising. So then we're just basically walking their calories up or like carving them up. And decreasing cardio. Yeah. Like, if anything, it's, like, easier during peak week. It should be, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly how we do it. So it's, it's a cakewalk on peak week. Like, peak week, you should not be stressing your body out. You know, you should be relaxing. Like, this is your time to just get ready for the show. You shouldn't be doing anything crazy. Yeah. So, moving forward, are you, based on kind of, like, your performance and, like, how you're – your coaches and you have looked, um, kind of assessed things. Um, are you, are you changing anything? Like, is there something you're specifically targeting? Um, I mean, I guess I didn't ask you when you're doing your pro debut or I guess I didn't have you share with the (laughs) listeners. I know, but, um, yeah. Can you kind of tell us what your plans are as far as when you might do your pro debut? Yeah. So my plan is to do my pro debut in March. Um, we pick, I pick the Governor's Cup um, down in California, Sacramento. Um, and I just picked that show because it's close to home. It's only a five-hour drive for me. It's my husband's hometown, too. So, oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, so I, the only, my only issue with that is I have, I'm going to the Bahamas for a week um, for the month before that but I just figured you know if if I'm 
I'm good up until then and then come home and just get right to it. I think I should be fine. Um, as far as stepping on the pro stage, as far as my body, I've kind of talked to my coach about that. He was like, basically after Olympia, he's like, if you are stepping on the pro stage tomorrow, I want to change your face. So that's kind of, we're going to kind of just try to keep me as far, because I have about six months. So we're just going to keep me at maintenance. Um, you know, don't get any more than about 10 pounds over my stage weight, maybe a little less. Um, and I don't need to gain any more muscle at all. Like I said, I'm, I'm a bigger bikini girl, so we're just going to try to keep everything simple and then hit the pro stage and get my feedback from that first show and just see how I do. And then we'll just go from there. Yeah. Your glutes are incredible. Um, so <laughs> when, <you. laughs> yeah, yeah, you look amazing. So I'll be posting her pictures on, um, the, on our Instagram at prep life podcast, you'll be able to see, um, she looks amazing. So you had mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, I, you were saying that you think that your feedback will be that your waist is a little bit thicker. Is there anything in particular you guys are going to do to um, decrease the size of your waist? I know you're in a special yeah. situation. Like most pros, they win first in their class or first and second, and they get they get their pro card. But for you, you had to win first in your class. Then you had to also win the overall um, so you already kind of have the experience that most pros do not have, you know, cause in the pro there is no height class. So, so once yeah. you, you know, so you kind of know like how you stack up against the different height classes is what I'm trying to get at here. So as far mm-hmm. as that goes, like you had mentioned that your waist looks a little bit thicker than the other mm-hmm. height classes. What are you going to do to address that? If anything, um, yeah, you know, honestly, I've been trying to actually do some research since I've been back to Olympia and, and a lot of people think I'm crazy, but when I look at my pictures, that's something that I look at and I, and I've talked to my coaches about, it. I just wish my waist was smaller. I just wish my waist was smaller. And a lot of it is posing, uh, you know, um, but also, and a lot of it is genetics. You either have a small waist or you don't, but as far as what I'm going to do is I'm just going to and I should probably talk to my coaches about this before. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I'm just not going to train abs, you know. I'm just, I I feel like it's, it's giving me kind of a thick waist. I feel like I already have enough ab muscle there that I I just don't need to work it. I don't need to work my abs anymore or my obliques. I think it's more my obliques that are thick than my, ab, my actual ab muscles. And I'm also just going to wear um, a training, a uh, weightlifting belt when I lift constantly, like even when I do upper body. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel silly doing that because people are like, why are you lifting 15 pound weights with a weightlifting belt on? But, yeah, but it's really not about know. the back support. Like in bikini, it's actually just about anytime you pick up a weight, your waist expands, especially like your obliques, exactly. which is the area that you don't okay. want to expand. So, yeah, yeah. exactly. So I'm just going to, mm-hmm, I'm just going to try to work on not letting my muscles, like you said, expand and see if that helps. But that's, and then also, you know, I can widen out. I don't want to touch my shoulders. My shoulders are already big. My glutes, you know, are good. The only thing I can really do is maybe widen out my back a little bit more to make my waist seem a little bit smaller. And then also, like I said before, posing. Yeah. So let's talk just briefly about posing um, before we wrap things up. So was there anything how did you prepare for um, for those the 
competitions with your posing? Like how often do you practice? Does your coach work with mm-hmm. you? How does that all, how did mm-hmm. that part of your training come into play? Yeah, so Jasmine um, Gonzalez, she's an IFB pro. She actually is killing it in the freaking pros. Um, she is my posing coach, and she's freaking awesome. So I actually posed with her um, for a few months every two weeks um, until, you know, we got it down. Um, and I'll actually continue to work with her. Um, I'm going to get a hold of her probably, you know, in a few, like a third month or two. Um, to to get a, a pro to practice my uh my pro routine yeah 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 because it's you're allowed a minute and a half versus the ten seconds you get in the NPC so it can be yeah it can be a little different yeah uh when Coach Chris well my coach Chris but she's also my client Chris uh when we transitioned her from the NPC to the IFBB um you know one thing we found was like that it's actually if you keep it a little bit more simple and kind of like stick to what got you your pro card, it's almost better. We almost tried to add too much to it, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, where we probably could have just kept it a little bit more basic. Um, and I think it would have been a little bit more successful, but you know, you learn these things as you, as you go through, but that's good that you're, you're working with somebody. Um, so did you, so every two weeks you worked with her, but then on your own, how often did you practice? Oh, I tried to every single day. I mean, cool to the show. It got super hard because I was just, I was getting super tired. And, um, you know, I was waking up at 4.30 in the morning and coming home, at, you know, then working 10-hour days and coming home. So I tried to practice when I got home in front of the mirror. But like I said, I, the closer I got to show, the, the less it was, unfortunately. I'm going to, now that I'm going to step on the pro stage, like, um, it, that's definitely going to be more of a priority is my posing. And that's one thing when I walked, went back and watched some of the videos from Olympia that, you know, just my husband recorded, I was, I was, I wasn't happy. Um, I, I wasn't happy with a few things. I wasn't happy with my hair. Um, it looks kind of messy from the front. So I'm going to change that. Um, and then, like I said, my waist. And then also, you know, I just want to make sure that my posing is more polished. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, some of that's so, just time. I mean, that was your first time on a national stage. It's pretty incredible that you, you earned your pro status yeah. and your first try, yeah, especially a show of that caliber, that large. And it's a lot smaller window of opportunity that you have. Like I said, like some of these national shows, they're handing out tons of pro cards. There, there were only three, you know, and it sounds like it was a yeah. pretty big show if your class had 35. So that's pretty yeah, incredible. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. Yeah, it was huge. Mm-hmm. Like, when you walked backstage, there was absolutely nowhere to sit. Like, girls were laying down in the hallways. Like, I actually almost stepped on a girl because it was so dark backstage. And there we were just, like, laid out every, everywhere. <laughs> it was insane. Like, I've never been to a show where, like, you literally could not sit anywhere. So, did that mess... I mean, did it, how did you get through that? Did it give you, like, any anxiety, like, being that close together? And kind of, like, how did you overcome that cramped uh, feeling? Um, I, uh, like, did the crew do anything um, as I far mean, as... I mean, like, did you the, just stay out, like, out of the crowd for as long as you could? Or did you... Um, no, I actually just plopped a seat right down in the middle of, every, okay. <laughs> of everything. But that's, like... 
that's really the only thing I could have done. But like as I was backstage, so I didn't kind of freak me out because there were so many of us. I just yeah. I put my headphones in and listened to music. Okay, that's what I meant. Um, like, how'd you kind of like work through that uh, chaos? Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of freaking out a little bit. Um, There's so many beautiful girls backstage. I was like, oh, my gosh, she's so pretty. Oh, my gosh, she's going to win. Oh, my gosh. You know, like, things like that went through my head. Like, oh, she's definitely walked in. Girls that I thought were going to walk away with their pro card, like, when I looked at the the roster, they got, like, six, seventh place. I was like, holy cow. Like, it it just – I don't look at myself like like I'm a pro or like I I was going to win the show. Like, I was, like, freaking out. You know, so for for me to look at that, to look at girls backstage that I thought were going to win their pro card and they didn't even top, place top five was just mind-blowing to me. Wow. So what advice would you have for somebody um, that's – first piece of advice would be, like, somebody that's just thinking about doing their first competition. And then the second one would be like somebody that's a regional competitor and looking to take it to that next level as a pro. What's some advice that you would share with our listeners? Yeah. So for like someone that just wants to compete, like just do it, you know, just pick a show and just just do it. You never know until you just try. Um, And kind of the same advice for, you know, a regional competitor that wants to compete at a national for the pro card is, like just do it and listen to the people around you because if it wasn't for my coaches or it wasn't for those judges really if it wasn't for my coaches basically peer pressuring me no <laughs> um I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been there and I wouldn't have one I just and I was scared um but I just went for it you know um so you just you just gotta go for it you gotta get I was super uncomfortable um I was scared but I just push that all to the side and just said, you know what, either I'm going to do really good or I'm going to see where I stand. So really just, just go for it is all that's basically my advice. That's awesome. So, um, just to kind of close here, um, what are your plans moving forward just with your pro status? Um, what do you, I mean, I know you have your show planned in March, but um, as a newly crowned IFB pro, um, what are you going to kind of do, um, in the industry with that, if anything? Yeah. So, um, really the first, this first next year, I guess to 2020, I just want to take the time and just compete as a pro, um, and just kind of see where I am on as a pro and how I do. Um, of course, you know, as a pro, you always want to make it to Olympia, but outside of competing after that, I kind of want to gravitate towards, you know, coaching and stuff because I love to talk to people um, about working out and fitness and I love inspiring girls. And so eventually I will get to the maybe prepping girls for shows. But as far as right now, like I just want to compete, you know, like we said earlier, I'm such a new a new pro like I'm a new competitor really if you think about it like yeah. I just I'm not done like I'm not done competing you know some people have been trying to get their pro cards for so long that by the time they get it they're like okay I'm done kind of thing like no like I'm ready to compete as a pro yeah your journey's so, just starting yeah exactly that's so, awesome and and I I just hope to inspire girls through me you know, competing as a pro and stuff like that, and using my Instagram platform to inspire people. So, 
um, that's kind of what I'm going to do. And then, you know, if other things come up as far as me competing and stuff, like, you know, like how I'm doing this podcast and stuff, if stuff like that comes up, I'm absolutely going to jump on it. Well, I appreciate your time so much. And I think that our listeners have found so many valuable nuggets, um, as I know I have. So I appreciate you so much. Um, can you share with our listeners how they can find you on Instagram? Um, so if they want to reach out or, um, yeah, get that inspiration from you, can you share your Instagram handle or how to contact you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just Marissa Renee underscore ISE pro. Yeah. And Renee is spelled a little different. So I'll definitely put it in the show notes, um, so that you guys can, um, follow her and um, see her journey to the pro stage this next year. And um, yeah, we're just so grateful for you. So um, this is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, signing off. And we appreciate your time, Marissa. Thank you. Thank you.